Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery, and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets, and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ritual. My name is Amy Harvey and I am excited to be joined with yet another amazing guest today. Uh, This guest is somebody who I have followed on Instagram and like all the different platforms now for a while and I knew I wanted to get her on the show but I was trying to find like the right angle rather than like hi I stalk you on Instagram all the time. Can you talk to me? (laughs) but then she came she's coming out with a book and I'm like that's the perfect excuse (laughs) (laughs) so I am so excited to have Leah here now you may know her if you do follow her on Instagram as the red head is it red haired witch red-headed witch (laughs) red-headed witch um but we will call her Leah today so Leah thank you so much for being here it is so exciting to have you Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Anytime someone, it doesn't happen often, but anytime someone wants me to collaborate with them or speak with them or be featured as a guest, it's always just so, I just am so grateful for that. So thank you. (laughs) No, I'm so happy to have you. You know what? That's what I love. Like social media can be a really wild place. It's Mm -hmm. like you get all kinds of creatures on there. But one thing that I love is that you can have the ability to connect with people all around the world. And when you follow each other, it's like you automatically recognize we have something in common and we totally vibe each other. And I love that because it's like it makes friends for you. It's like, hey, you should follow this person because you'd get along really well. I love that. (laughs) That's, I mean, honestly, that whole like, idea was the was the reason why I even started to share my practice online was because Mm -hmm. I was moving away from my hometown of like 20 plus years and I was like how am I gonna like meet friends you know like meeting friends just gets more complicated the older you get and I'm not someone who like goes out very often I'm quite introverted so um but I love social media and I love creating like just creating in general so um that's you know when TikTok became a thing. So I started on TikTok first. And that's where I have met some of like the most genuine people I have ever come across. And mm-hmm. it was because we were all in the same community space of witchcraft and spirituality and occultism. And yeah, that's that's just kind of that's how it all started of, mm. of me even posting online was like, I want to make friends. How do I do that? <laughs> gotta put yourself out there first okay <laughs> I know I'm this like I always say I'm an extroverted introvert so I can appear to be really like out there and bubbly but to my core I'm like mm, I'd prefer just to stay home and not talk to anyone yeah. today <laughs> so yeah. I think it's good because it's kind of like I'll do the work for you but you at least have to respond to that person I'm like I can do that that's fine <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So um, I always like to start with this question. 
Do you have a morning ritual? Now this can be like a mundane one or a magical one or a combination of the two, but how do you like to start each day? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like for me, it it really does shift depending on where I'm at. So, um, you know, right now my life ha- is a little bit in a shift. So my schedule is kind of a little bit more flexible. And mm-hmm. I found myself kind of creating this new ritual where I spend a lot of time uh, kind of awakening my house spirit and the spirits of my house. And so there's a few ways that I do this. But one of the ways that I like to do it is I use incense. Um, it's an all natural incense from this local company here in the Pacific Northwest called Sea Witch Botanicals. Mm, uh, I love it already. <laughs> I love the smell of their incenses like they're they're so great and so um you know I like to kind of walk around my house with it and mm-hmm. just really spend some time saying good morning to my plants saying good morning to my ancestors um I have a few other spirits that I have like I have a rabbit and I have um a statue for goddess Bridget and so I really like to just be mindful and kind of wake up with the spirits of my home and just mm-hmm. like the spirit of my house in general. Um, and then I like to spend time at my altar afterwards. So once I'm at my altar, that kind of, it depends on how I'm feeling. Like if I woke up with like anxiety for whatever reason, or if I had like a really weird dream, I like try to record it as quickly as possible mm-hmm. um, or just spend some time journaling. Um, and yeah, I kind of leave space for it to, be fluid, you know, whatever it is that I am needing in that moment, I will create, you know, magic around it as well and kind of figure out how I can incorporate that into my day um, just to make sure that I start it on a good note. I don't always start with a tear reading. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, but I can rest you assure you that I always start it with coffee. So you got it. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's just what it's how I ground myself. The brewing process itself is like a grounding ritual for me. Um, I have an espresso machine, but I, sometimes I do pour overs or French presses and I like to share that with my ancestors. So I will always pour a little bit for them each morning. Beautiful. It's very refreshing for you to say that because you have no idea how many people I've spoken to on here who goes, Oh no, I don't really drink coffee. And I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Yeah, you know, since, um, you know, since opening my coffee shop or my coffee brand, Mm -hmm. I have come across individuals who were like, you know, we started to get a lot of inquiries for tea blends, which was something that we were going to branch out to anyway, but I didn't think that we would do it so soon. Yeah. And it was because I was so shocked of like, you know, so many people um, were really excited about our syrups and they were like, are you going to have tea or decaf? And I was like, wow okay yeah so people you know there are people out there that really want this so we're gonna have to branch out a lot quicker than I thought I mean Uh, I'm mainly a decaf drinker purely because if I have more than one like normal coffee I will be a anxiety fueled mess so I get it I do too. Like, um, when I was working in the coffee industry, most of the time I was morning shift. So I would be at the coffee shop, like 5am in the morning and having to like dial in our espresso machine. And so it's all manual. So I'm sitting there like having six espressos making sure <laughs> on point for our customers for the day. And I'm sitting there like shaking and trembling. <laughs> 
trying to like eat a bagel at the same time of like <laughs> certain that are coming in. I'm feeling very <laughs> mentally unstable and I don't know why. <laughs> you think my caffeine intake would be like, you know, leveled up? Absolutely not. It just <laughs> was never, I could never just adjust to it. No. I get that. I get that. Um, now you mentioned Bridget. So is she the, a deity that you work with primarily? Like, do you work with others or is she your, your main gal? Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that I haven't really spoken about a whole lot online. And that's because my, my personal experience with deities is quite like it, it's as clear as mud. I feel like, um, you know, some moments of my life when I have uh, welcomed a deity into my practice or reached out to a deity in my practice, um, you know, some of those experiences are really profound. And a lot of the times it's quite, you know, quite gentle and it's quite, you know, not as uh, theatrical as like yeah. I see a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> it specifically is um, a figure that I feel very like, inspired by and mm. I am actually reading more about her stories um I think it's called there's a book it's a book on scribed and it's by pagan portals I don't know if you're familiar oh, by yeah it, but yeah love and them I love them they're so like um specific and, and just, short so you can just like get to the point filled with information and Bridget's story is one that I kept hearing repeatedly throughout my entire practice and um you know I just continued to kind of follow that thread and over time when I came to a specific moment in my life that was really an emphasis on healing I kept feeling called to her because of just how um nurturing I felt her energy and also just the emphasis of like taking care of yourself um you know, kind of like, a, a, you know, self-care and nourishing. Um, and so she's just a figure that I have always kind of included in my practice. And I wouldn't say like it's it's centered around her or anything, um, but she is someone that I look up to and, um, you know, a figure that I have in my home to kind of call upon. She also was um, some inspiration during my writing process too. Yes. Well, she's goddess of creativity. Exactly. And so that was really when I started to, um, you know, focus on calling on her energy and connecting with her in some way, because I really struggled at the beginning of the creative process of constructing my book and and what that was going to look like and how it was going to unfold. So I did a lot of meditations with her with the intent for like it to just come forth and, mm. and for it in the way that it's meant to. So I really did just kind of trust that process. And she was an influence and a leader in that way. I love that. I work with Bridget as well. And I think she is, she's like an interesting energy to work with because she is like very soft and loving and there when you need her. But at the same time, she's like that Irish mom energy of like kicking you up the ass going like, all right, enough now. I'll give you a hug, but you need to do something about it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I feel that for my ancestors too, because they um, I come from a very long line of farmers and coal mm-hmm. miners. And so they are like, if you want to see change, you got to get shit done. Yeah. So that's when I'm like, you know, sitting here, like throwing a fit, like, why is this, <laughs> why isn't this happening? And they're like, well, did you like actually do something about it today? And I'm like, 
Okay, fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I need to go way, way back. So okay. how did your journey into witchcraft begin? Like, is this something that you always were? Like, did you grow up in that world or did it come to you at a certain point in time? Like, how did you become the witch you are today? I feel like my journey is so, uh, it's quite interesting because I actually grew up Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the opposite. I, yes. And I always say that though I grew up in a, as a Southern Baptist, I can't say that it a hundred percent translated into my home. Like, you yeah. know, we, we didn't do, we would go to church cause it was what you did in our community and everything, especially living in the Southeast of America. Whereabouts um, were you? So I was in North Carolina. North Carolina, yep. Um, and so, and my my dad's entire side of the family is like from that general area. So I had all of my, you know, family members were Southern Baptist, Christian. I actually have some family members that were missionaries, all of it. And so it was really like, and you know, really emphasized on our family. I actually have a vivid dream of my papa, like giving me a, me and my cousin a lecture because my cousin, I think said something about like not believing in God. And my papa was like, no, like <laughs> you, and, like that memory was like instilled in my brain. Um, but my parents weren't, you know, very strict about it. Uh, especially when my parents had um, split up, I was pretty young and I grew up with my dad and my dad never forced us to go to church or anything like that. He really um, encouraged us to kind of think for ourselves because mm-hmm. he himself wasn't going to, you know, didn't believe and didn't go to church. So at that point, you know, I always felt really connected to nature. I was always spending time in the creek. The weeping willow in my front yard was like my best friend. I would write it letters, put it like, you know, bury it. And I just had this spiritual connection, but I didn't know what it was. Like yeah. I, I didn't have to it. All I knew is that I, I felt safe with it. I felt, you know, nourished by it. And I just, that was enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, probably in my early twenties, um, I, my mom, as my mom and I, as I got older, my mom and I had more of a relationship and she was pretty spiritual. You know, she went to church, but she, her and I would also read our horse horoscopes together. We would also talk about like our paranormal experiences together. Um, and my mom is like, you know, she has a lot of, um, premonition like dreams you know she mm. she's a very intuitive person and so when I got older the more and more we spoke about it the more and more open-minded you know her and I both became and we kind of shared that together and she was the one who had like the very first oracle deck growing up like I would sit there and do like <laughs> oracle reading with her and and just so many things so I grew up in a very open-minded space despite having roots of a southern baptist like upbringing that's quite rare yeah Mm. and I'm very thankful that my my both of my parents you know kind of allowed that space for me to grow into my own person and continue to support me um despite you know differences and beliefs or anything like that um you know, but in my early 20s, I would say is when I really started to practice occultism and getting mm-hmm. into witchcraft um, because I experienced like some loss in my life. <laughs> and that kind of that grief journey was the catapult into it. Yeah. So, 
Interesting. And so what, what kind of, like, if you were to label yourself as a kind of witch, what would you, what would that label be? So I describe my practice as um, a folkloric traditional practice. So, um, you know, much of my practice is an emphasis on my ancestors and, you know, I grew up in a pretty disconnected home after my parents divorced. And so there, there's a lot of healing that needed to be done. And I always felt quite outcasted, which seems maybe like a little odd that ancestors would be something that I focused on because Mm -hmm. in that certain way, but I guess a part of me, I, I really wanted to get to the root of a lot of things in my own family. And so I felt like really called to kind of reach out to them, reach out yeah. to the ancestral spirits. And um, it was that journey that led me to where my practice is today. Um, so focusing on a lot of folk magic of the Appalachian Mountains, which is where my dad's side of the family has mm-hmm. been for generations. And that inspired me to look, you know, kind of even further back of our family tree of being like, okay, like, where are they from? And a lot of them were rooted from England and Scotland. And so um, my husband is actually from England. And so we spend a lot of time going back and forth. Um, we tried to go back every other year to England. And, um, you know, I just, that's like one of the ways that I like to kind of reconnect is to learn about like the history there and kind of like putting my feet in their shoes and just learning kind of like their ways and like what kind of life they may have had and yeah the they made um despite that that might be very difficult to do so um but yeah so that's kind of you know what I find interesting I've always like I don't know what it is but whenever I hear ancestor work for some reason I just like have always struggled connecting with it I don't know if it's because like when I think of grandparents like on my dad's side my grandparents are awesome but on my mom's side they're like really super toxic so I think maybe I was always like well why would I want to connect with them and then I've been reading that book have you read The Crooked Path yes love it so fucking good but they talked about ancestor work and they like split it up into three. So there's like ancestor work where it's like literal relatives and ancestors of your bloodline. Then there's ancestors of um, nature and like the spirits that have dwelled of where you are. But then there's also the ancestors of witches of the past. And I was like, that is such a cool way to look at ancestor work, to like open it up into those three different categories. It just kind of like opened my mind even more to go, right, I get it. Like there's so much more wisdom there because it would be quite hard for people who don't have that strong family tie to be like, well, why would I want to call on them? But when you look at it that way, I think it's so cool. Yeah. And I talk about it as well in my book. Um, because for, for me, when I was thinking about what book I wanted to write for someone who was just kind of getting familiar with a magical path and what that might look like, yep. um, you know, as a folkloric traditional witch, you know, you have, traditional witchcraft itself is such a big umbrella term you know Um, so and it it's going to depend entirely on who you're talking to yeah Uh, and so for me that practice looks like you know asking the question like what were the traditions of the people before me of the community 
that were before me, where I live now, where my family's from, like who make up who I am today. Now that right there, who makes me who I am today? It's not only just your blood relatives. No. It's going to be any elder, any anyone who you have come in contact with that provided some wisdom to you. Hey everyone, I'm just going to pause today's episode for a moment. I hope you're enjoying it. It sounds super interesting. If you're enjoying this podcast and you're thinking, hey, how could I support this show? Then the best way to do that is to jump over to Patreon and become one of my patrons where you'll get access to additional content, videos, bonus episodes of Ritual with Amy Harvey, that is me, learning tools to help you on your witchy path and special discounts to my online store, rosongcottage.com. Take it away, voiceover guy. That's right, simply head to patreon.com forward slash Cottage to get all the goodies and support your favourite podcast in the entire world, Ritual with Amy Harvey. Now, back to the show. Um, because I can say, you know, I moved out at a very young age. I moved out when I was 15 years old. Wow. And so I had a lot of adults in my life and elders in my life who were not blood related, who were absolutely ancestors to me because yeah. they, prov- they provided safety. They provided knowledge to me. They provided love to me. And that's kind of, that's what I talk about in my book is that, yes, your ancestors also are your family tree and they are in your community. Yeah. You know, they are individuals who, who, you know, provide wisdom, who provide knowledge, um, and they're even, you know, like my, my husband's side of the family are my ancestors. Like, yeah, it's, that's kind of how I personally define it. And I talk about that in my book, because I recognize a lot of the times there is that wound of like, I don't know if I want to reach out. to Yeah, them. they're not nice. <laughs> I absolutely feel that too. Mm. Like, you know, there's always gonna, you're going to come across like a troubled ancestor. And I, and I address that too, in my book of, of how, we can go about that, you know, if we decide to. And that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to incorporate ancestors at all in your practice. No. And I make that so apparent. I'm like, you have every right to decide your boundaries with ancestral spirits. And you have every right to decide how and what what role they play, if any, at all. So speaking of your book, so you're coming out with a book. It's very exciting. Uh, can you tell us about it? I know you've kind of just touched on it a little bit then, but tell tell us all about it. What is it called? What's it about? Yeah, so it's called The Beginner, which is handbook. Um, it is available for pre-order now, and it's on shelves September 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than, you know, touching on, like, an- what ancestral work looks like and veneration yeah. and about that um I do talk about traditional witchcraft and what that is so like the previous occultists that um you know kind of define what traditional witchcraft that we see today um and also I touch on animism um because to me I think Mm. that's you know a a foundation for a practice like this because it really is rooted in where you are um you know connecting to the spirits of place connecting to the community that of where you are um so I touch on some practices there um and I also talk about you know how we can find some inspiration of folk magic too which is 
kind of lend itself of, you know, when we're discovering our ancestry and our ancestors and our communities, we'll come across a lot of the time some superstitions and some methods that they use mundanely as well as magically. Yeah. And so like, what ways can we find inspiration and utilize, you know, this information, this knowledge in our own craft? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of, you know, it's, it's beginner friendly. It's with the curious spirit in mind. I always say of someone who is just, you know, kind of like tipping their toe into it, not really sure. Um, but my hope is that even individuals who have been on this path for some time can find some sort of like juicy inspiration in it. Um, and then in addition, I do include 30 beginner friendly spells, um, ranging to cleansing, to protecting and for, uh, for the, for the witch. So yeah. That's and exciting. The, yeah. And the photography in it is all done by me too. Ah, uh, stop it. So you're uh, like doubly talented. That's so I annoying. <laughs> I used to be in the photography, like wedding industry. Um, so I just, I love it. Photography is my first love. It really is. <laughs> it is very fun. You do. Well, yeah. if you look at your Instagram as well, it's so beautiful. So you can tell that you've got the eye for that. Thank you. Um, oh. It's funny that you mentioned animism because I recently spoke to, and I think you know her, Celeste Larson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's so cool, but she was talking about animism and I have never really like kind of learned about it until she mentioned it. And it was like this light bulb went off in my brain because I was like, oh my God, like, yes, it just makes so much sense. Like essentially it's almost like everything kind of has its own energy and spirit. Is that kind of how you would say it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think you think like the plant allies that we connect with and like their individual spirits you and the spirit of the place. And I don't, you know, I think some witches kind of, you know, um, interpret animism maybe a bit differently in their own practice or how they kind of, you know, put it into practice. And, um, you know, for me, it extends to like the spirit of my house, the spirit of like, like my coffee cup, the spirit of like, even like my vehicle, like driving, you know, like, you that. Also, I don't know about you, but like, I name every one of my vehicles. And so like, like my old, my very first car was Betty. And so I'm like, <laughs> like Betty, you know, like stop stalling on the highway. Like, <laughs> and so that to me is, is, is how I see animism. It yeah. really is. like its own essence its own spirit Um, I love that I just think it just makes the world even more brighter when you like look at everything rather than like an object or a thing you go everything has got this life in it like especially your home and I'm always telling people like you need to see your home almost like an extension of your practice or your most important like witchy tool because it's where you sleep, where you eat, where you rest, where you work, where you, you know, meditate, everything. And so you need to treat it with that respect. And I think when you think of it from like an animistic point of view, you go, well, yeah, because it's alive. And I also feel like, you know, when we, when we read a lot of folklore, for example, and we read about giants and we read about like other like divine beings, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, ask myself, like, you know, a lot of our ancestors had an animistic belief. They felt like the of the place. 
And this could have been one of the ways that they personify nature to, to answer questions of humanity, questions of nature. And, um, you know, that's just something that I had thought a lot about. And when I read stories, I'm like, wow, like, like the world is just so alive. And I felt that when I was younger too, it's why yeah. I always, you know, visited the Creek or the, the weeping willow. And I just yeah. felt like they were friends. They were, they were spirits just like me. And it just, totally. it just, and so- I, I, this makes a little life a little bit less lonely. <laughs> I agree. I love that. I love that like way of looking at the world. I think it's just so beautiful. And so folklore is a big part of your practice. So how, like, how do you use it? How do you incorporate in your practice? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So a lot of the times, like I, so I specifically like to read stories um, from England and Scotland again, yeah. to kind of learn more about what perhaps my ancestors, what wisdom and what stories they took with them, especially as they moved into the new world and kind of, you know, took root into the Appalachian. Yeah. You see a lot of <clears throat> stories in the Appalachian mountains as like the hill, like the hills in um, England and Scotland. Um, and that's just because like those communities ended up coming over here uh, to the Appalachians. And so how I use that as inspiration in my own practice, it's, it's really like seeing like, how do they have this relationship with nature? Like, how did they see the waters of the ocean? How yeah. did they see like, what kind of stories linger there? What kind of like divine beings live in the woods? Like, and so for me, it's like, you also see these superstitions that rise up, like, oh, like make sure you bring along like a charm bag or or don't respond to a voice that you, or a crime. Yes. You know, it's just, it's all the like superstitions that you start to learn. And then from there you hear like charms to counter it, to protect you, to heal you. Yeah. And that's how I find so much inspiration for my own practice. Cause I'm like, if I am wanting a charm for traveling to protect me during my travels, like what is something that, you know, was, was brought up in, in England and Scotland or Appalachia, like what is something that they have used? And so like the rowan tree, it's like one that was often talked about. And so rowan twig, like twigs from a rowan tree being used for a rowan's cross. Um, you know, it just, it's kind of, you go down a, a rabbit hole. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> you know what? I think it's like divine timing that we're speaking because at the moment on my like for you page on TikTok, it's, I just keep getting videos of, now I would know that we say this wrong and I usually would say Appalachian, which is wrong. So it's Appalachian. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you ask. So like, I mean, you would say Appalachian. Say Appalachian. Mm-hmm. So I keep getting videos of like all these crazy stories from the Appalachian woods and the forest and the mountains there. And I'm like so invested in them because I'm like, holy shit, there's some scary stuff going on in there. <laughs> and you have to think about like just the amount of history that's there too. Yes. It's just, it's so much. And you can feel it when you're there as well. And you have so many, you know, culture exchange and stories like from the indigenous communities there to like the the Scots and Irish that were there to the Germans yeah. that were 
have so many communities coming together and exchanging stories and and then you just have like the history itself of like you know the wars the battles everything that happened there a lot of energy yeah and then you step into it and you're like oh my goodness like to be quite honest I I loved hiking there and I and I love camping but there was like this one campground that I would go to growing up that I absolutely hated camping at but my friends loved it they were like let's go camping here and I'm like there's just something that like I'm scared the minute the sun would go down I'm in my tent (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I just I felt so like watched and And I just, you know, I don't know who or what or anything like that. And it's just, you know, you hear so many stories, especially yes. there. Yep. Well, that's what I keep hearing. And I was like, I have to ask Leah, has she like had an encounter with anything? Because so many people have, and I'm like fascinated by it now. So I can't say that I've had an encounter with a divine being like that. Yep. I, have. I have definitely felt something or someone um on multiple occasions like I said like that specific ca- campground uh I personally did not like to, yeah. to camp it just was so heavy it was mm. like like you know bad it just felt heavy it felt like I wasn't alone even though I wasn't alone because I had friends but like something it, more it was something more and I I wasn't brave enough at the time to really explore anymore. I just, I knew to just leave it alone. And yeah. that's the thing. Like sometimes, you know, like, like you see those like movies and they're like, oh my gosh, what was that? And you go and like into the Don't, that don't find like, out. <laughs> There's some things that you know to just leave alone. And you that's do. How I- and I just, I left it alone. I didn't, I didn't explore, didn't, re- and that's the thing Smart. too. It's like, so much respect for those hills and the spirits that are there and I think that as long as you practice that you're gonna be fine um and but I've had I've had experiences too that were really profound and powerful um with a dear friend of mine who was born and raised in in those mountains and she her spiritual connection with them is just uh, amazing and inspiring and um you know we I did a ritual for my ancestors actually in the mountains and it was just, um, it was just so amazing. I, I have such a hard time putting it into the words because it was all just so much emotion. Yeah. And but when we were coming back, um, and my friend, now mind you, my friend, like she is hiking in those trails all the time. She knows them like the back of her hand and we were hiking back and she was like, this trail has like shifted. She was like, somehow like we got like turned around and it was, we didn't even go that far into the woods. So like we were pretty close to like the main road and you know, she, she works with a Morgan. And so she like called onto her and asked for She's a good assistant. force to have. <laughs> Did you not like this crow came and like perched up on the tree above us and she like spoke to it and it went a certain direction. She was like, okay, so we got to follow that way. And we, we got out, we followed that crow and we went straight out. And we were like, how the, I'm like, at that point I was like, wow, there is so much more to these mountains than I have ever really like given credit for. Um, And it's just, 
It was amazing. It's it's a I beautiful love place. It. I love yeah. it. And it's the kind of place where I'm like, oh my gosh, like what cool stories. And like, they go, would you want to visit there? And you go, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so much. I mean, there's just so many stories. <laughs> I think the really interesting thing that I have found specifically when I started to, um, you know, research more folklore specific to like areas is that really is depending on like almost the county to itself. Like yeah. I grew up in Henderson County. And so then you have like Buncombe County and then you have like just over the hills and their stories are going to be different despite yeah. being only two hours away. And I think that's something that's really interesting and, and, um, you know, something that we can kind of learn from, like, yeah, you know, it all depends on who you ask and where you grew up and totally <laughs> what I love about folklore as well is I recently was teaching a class about like seasonal witchery. And I was talking about how like at Beltane, you would use, I do like fae magic and people are like, oh, I just find it really hard to like believe that there's like something like a fairy out there. And I'm like, you know, what helps is when you look at folklore and you go, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Every country has a story and it yeah. talks about like their version of the Fae, but they all are so connected with everybody around the world. And you go at that time, they didn't have like Facebook or anything where they could oh. swap stories and they had these same experiences and you go, you can't deny that. Like it's there right there for you. And I love that about folklore is that it goes, yes, this shit is real. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. I love seeing kind of like how they have their similarities and differences and how they've really like weaved through time and, and place. And, you know, I think it's amazing too, that it's just one of the, one of the things that has continued to be revived and to live on our stories. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I appreciate that so much. Totally. Now, going on to something extremely important, which we were talking about before, which is coffee. <laughs> yes. You have got your own coffee magic. Yes. So that's yes. folk, folk craft coffee. Folk craft coffee. Yes. Can you tell me more about why you wanted to make it and what it's all about? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Folk craft coffee is seriously like my heart. Other than my book, my book is also my heart. But um, yeah, you have two children. They are. My book is my my spirit my coffee is my heart I would say oh so, that's such a nice way to look at it <laughs> yeah. so I was the husband's working, like oh wow thanks yeah I know he's gonna listen to this like you didn't mention me at all um so, you are my roommate yeah you're my roommate <laughs> um so I was I've been in the coffee industry for some time now and um growing up coffee was something that was really important in our household, um, you know, before moving to North Carolina and living there, uh, we lived in Seattle for mm -hmm. uh, years and <clears throat> growing up, like my dad would religiously go to Starbucks. That was his church, right? So, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of see coffee like growing up as something that was like a staple in our household. And yeah. I started drinking at a very young age. Like, I mean, I started to kind of like wake myself up to catch the bus for school. Like, you know, when I was like 14, 13 or something. And I was like, I'm, I gotta have my coffee. You know, I'm at that age. <laughs> uh, and so 
throughout my entire life, I have always found myself back in the coffee industry. Yeah. You know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do career wise or anything like that. And, um, you know, one of my first jobs was working at a coffee shop and I just always met like the best people. Like my coworkers were always amazing. There were always friends that I would keep around for ever. And I just, I don't know, it just always felt at home. And so, um, you know, the older I got and I found myself, you know, back in the coffee industry, working at a coffee shop after working a a job that I really thought was like going to be my dream job. I just ended up falling miserable and I was like, nope, can't do it. I'm just going to work at this coffee shop that, that just opened up in our hometown. And little did I know that that whole experience would change my life. Cause again, I found myself like surrounded by really great people um, who ended up being such a huge support system. And one of the things that I really appreciated about it was that coffee shops are like hubs for like creatives and for everything people always meet there yes Mm. and I really liked that I really liked how there was an emphasis on community and the coffee shop that I was working at at the time they really did focus on community efforts yeah so they did a lot of nonprofits, or they did hosted a lot of events and art shows and everything like that And I just really enjoyed my time there. And it's funny because I look back when I was a kid and I'm like, I would always make my Barbie like own like a coffee shop or something (laughs) like that, you know? And I remember my mom even telling me when I was younger, she was like, you're going to own your own coffee shop. And I was like, I don't know. I want to be like a editor in chief for like 17 magazine. And I just didn't really believe it. And then the older I got, it was like, I just keep coming back to this because- it's aligned with a personal value of mine of connecting with with individuals and one of the most like profound conversations I had was with a coworker of mine and he was like he was like Leah have you ever thought about what your why is and I was like my why what does that mean he's like yeah like I was listening to this podcast and he kept he told me about like this podcast episode and how it inspired him to kind of sit down and figure out his why I was like, huh, I never really thought about that. Um, Interesting. And so it just had me thinking of like, okay, if I, if I had to define it, because I also think it's important to be flexible, to believe, you know, shift as you grow older and wiser and, you know, and everything. And so I was like, you know, I really want to uh, inspire others through creativity and bring joy. And, um, coffee was like a result of that and it's you know not only is it something that I like enjoy personally but like magically it has been something that has shown up repeatedly repeatedly in my life to connect me with other people and so it's just something that I wanted to do for the witchcraft and occult spiritual community is like something that a lot of us can and do use it for ourselves mainly also use in our practice, whether that's an offering to your spirits or doing your intentions for your morning ritual. Like it's just, it was, it was a shared love. And so that's really what inspired me was, you know, after moving away and like quitting my coffee job, I was so sad. Um, but I knew like what I envisioned for myself and what I really wanted to do. And so, um, 
that's kind of led me to where I am today. And so the vision has always been for it to be a physical space. Yeah. But now it's, it's, you know, digital and yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to see, and I'm really excited to put energy into seeing it grow. You can tell like, it's so beautiful. And what I love is it's like someone went, I want coffee, but make it witchy because (laughs) there's like so many different like elements to it because coffee in itself, I think people forget that coffee has its own magic, just like everything. It can ground you, even though you would think it would do the opposite effect. You know, you can use it in spell work to like speed things up. Like there's so many magical properties to it. And I love that you've kind of combined both things together I think that's so beautiful it just it it felt really natural to me and I think you know it just it just felt right and I just I kept coming back to it and I I remember like having this conversation with my mom long ago um ironically the day I was laid off my corporate job and I called her and I was like I just have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, I, I, I have been in marketing for, you know, so many years now. I thought this is what I wanted to do, but I'm just like, I'm not happy. And I don't know what, what it is. And she was like, well, and it was the same, you know, shortly after my husband and I like launched full craft and to get the support and the recognition and like people like actually wanting it. And so we were like, wow, there's, a lot of like possibilities here. And, um, you know, my mom was like, why don't you like really put your energy into it? Like stop treating it as like a side yeah. thing, like, treating it as like your main focus. And I was like, oh, I just don't know. Like, I'm just, you know, going to find another corporate job. And literally hours later I was laid off and I called there my guy, the universe did the job for you. I know. I know that's what's insane. So I call my mom back up and I was like, what (laughs) I do I was like mixture of like discouragement mixture of like grief mixture of like like, optimism and I was like I don't know what to feel right now and I'm you know still working through it because it's just such I'm in such a liminal space but coffee has been my north star it has been what I've kept my eyes on and what has always repeatedly been there for me And like, what a cool symbol to say it's your North Star. And then when you get laid off, that's all of a sudden what your focus is. Like, it's just so perfect. That's so cool. And so if you had your own space, have you got a vision of what it would look like? Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Like my mom and I share like a Pinterest board. Yeah. (laughs) What's What would the vibe be? So the vibe is that, um, you know, it would be like, I say practical magic vibes, because let's be honest, like that, that, like, I'm coming, you've you've sold me. (laughs) My mom and I watched that when I was younger, like when it first came out. And this is when I was like, is my mom really a Christian? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I, I loved like I love like the exposed brick I love yes. like the elements I love obviously plants are going to be involved and but one of the things that I really want to integrate is having like a space and I don't know if it'll be a separate room or whatever but more so for us to do like community gatherings because again I kind of think back to like you know what what makes it a little bit different than other coffee shops that we may have in town <clears throat> And 
I think about like, okay, I really love the the idea of having a space for, you know, community gatherings, you know, like full moon things or even having other like people come and teach and have their own like community gatherings, like host them, be like, oh, you're just visiting and you have a community here. Like, please use the space um, or workshops. You know, my mom, she used to own a quilting store when I was growing up and she is um, kind of revisiting another like creative dream of hers that's in the realm of quilting and so she was like I would love to teach classes that are like under yeah. this realm and quilting is very which like you can integrate so much witchcraft so much magic into quilting almost like yes please <laughs> <laughs> and so we just we were brainstorming together and I think it's so funny because my mom she's a dreamer but she's also very much a doer good and so he's like Okay, so this is like here's the floor plan. And I'm like, floor plan? I was like, are we building this? Or did you just up? And she's like, yeah, we have to we have to have like a space for like your your herbs and stuff, and then we have to have a patio right here, and this is where I'm gonna have my section. Like she's a planner, and I appreciate that so much because that's like what I need in my life. Yeah, like, taking things to the next level, and I think you know, one of, I just keep going back because there were so many moments on my altar where I would sit here and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, just give me a glimmer, give me something. And it just, things would just kind of fall into place. And so I love it. That's That's so exciting. I will be there. I will fly over. As soon as you said practical magic, I'm like, I know what cafe I'm going to go to first. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I'm excited. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds. So cool. All right. So we've done the morning. Let's go to the end of the day. Do you have an evening ritual? Um. So a lot of the times that's when I do a lot of my reading and yep. kind of like more like <clears throat> studies, you could say, or just kind of like reading my witchcraft books or um, revisiting like old favorites and everything. Um. So that's, that's kind of like my routine. I don't, I don't really have like a whole like, um, big ritual or anything. Like I said, I'm pretty fluid. A lot of the times I will like take a shower and just kind of like rinse off the day. You got to do that. Or if I have time or the energy, I'll take like a, a cleansing bath and just kind of like remove it. Um, and something I've been doing a lot recently is, calling back my energy too you know yeah throughout the day we kind of like disperse our energy into like people or just like places or situations or something you know especially if like you know you spend all day at work and like a service industry job or something like that and you just get like completely drained yeah I think there's a lot of times we'll come across people who just like kind of take a little bit of that away from us and it's just So I've spent some time writing out like an incantation that I say every night of calling back my energy cleansed and restored so that I can move forward and then, you know, be just kind of have that back to myself, just cleansed, ready for the next day. That's good. I like that. What, what book are you reading at the moment? So I actually started the Practical Magic series. It's not, it's not like, you know, studying, but I'm trying to like expand, you know, my reading selection. Um, you just made but- my life. 
I'm I so like, happy. <laughs> yeah, I I love the movie. Like I said, I grew up on it, and I never really took the time to read the series. And so it's I so good. On threads, I was like, okay, like, what are your like cozy witchy books? Because I'm in the market for one, and um, and I had as like someone was like practical magic series, duh, and I was like, yes, it's the best. I'm like on the prequel, like before, yeah. like you know, anything. with Maria. Yes. 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 Oh my god, I'm so excited for you. They're like the ones that I will read over and over and over again. So anytime someone else reads it, I'm like, are you loving it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like my that's like my, you know, fun one. And then I'm also reading the Bridget's um Pagan Portals one. Cool. So yeah. Beautiful. Okay, oh. so before we finish, I have got five questions. These are the speed round questions, very important ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. First. What is a movie you could watch a thousand times and never get sick of? You know what I'm going to answer. It's going to be Practical Magic. <laughs> Again, yes. you made me so happy. <laughs> or, or, okay, I'll get outside of the realm of, of like of that. Um, Garden State. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. It's got Natalie Portman in it. Um, and it's got, I can never remember his name. He's in Scrubs. Anyway. Uh, Zach Bra. Bra- Breath? Breath? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's, it's a cutesy one. Cool. Natalie Portman's very cute in it. So. She's amazing. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. What is a book that changed your life? Oh, wow. I would say Folk Witchcraft by Roger J. Horn. Ooh. Yeah. If you've not read that one yet and you're no. kind of excited of folk witchcraft that's a very good book um for beginners especially because he explores spirits of the land and he also explores the familiar spirit which i don't think a lot of books touch on i think the crooked no. path on a little bit possibly I, I haven't got up to that yet yeah um but he does a really great introductory and he has like practices and and rituals that you can do yourself cool. Um, and so I have, I've done quite a few of his that were really amazing. So awesome. Definitely. I will write that one down. Uh, <laughs> if you could go in a time machine, would you go to the future or would you go to the past? That is so hard. Isn't Which it good? <laughs> people usually say. I've never asked anyone that question. Oh, really? This is the yeah. first one? You're the first I'm one. Saying, I'm not setting the foundation here. Yeah, um, better be good. Dang. I know. There's so much. There's so much I would do differently in the past, but I feel like where I'm at now, I've accepted the past. So I'm gonna yeah. go for. Love I'm it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could be an animal for a day, what animal would you be? I would be a cardinal. A bird. Ooh, why? So cardinals are very significant in North Carolina. Um, it's the state bird, but it's also in folklore. It's believed that a past loved one would visit you as a cardinal. Aww. And um, I just think that they're really beautiful. It's also one of the birds that my husband has tattooed on his hands. Um, ever knowing anything about that. Um, and I think they're, they're beautiful. And also I just, I would love to fly around and just be free like a bird. Yes. <laughs> All right, last one. What would your perfect day look like? Oh gosh, that's so fun. 
you asked me that because I feel like that's something I've been trying to envision for myself. Mm. It's like what my perfect day would be because I have been in such like a constant go that I've never really had time to sit and consider that. But I honestly feel like um, I would say a perfect day for me is like near a body of water, like whether that's a lake, whether that's the ocean or river or waterfall. I love waterfalls personally. So I love to sit by a waterfall of some sort. Um, and there's some really amazing ones here in the Pacific Northwest that my husband and I are starting to kind of explore more of. Yeah. Just, I think that's so cleansing and just so healing. There's just something about being near it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, give me some iced coffee, give me something to read, some good food, please. Uh, and I think that would be so great. And just surrounded by friends, like just having a good time. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect answer. Good one. Well, before we go, can you tell everyone where they can find you and also where they can pre-order your book? Yes. So I am the redhead witch on platforms, including Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Those are my most used platforms. Um, I also have a Patreon too, if you want to join that. And as far as my book, um, it's called The Witch, the Beginner Witch's Handbook. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember the whole list of like uh places that it's available, but you can find it in the link in my in my bio oh, as well. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Yay. Thank you so much for coming. It was such a joy to chat with you. I feel like I already kind of knew you, but now we like can officially say we know each other. Well, thank you. And everyone go and check out Leah and get her book immediately. And thank you again, Leah. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) 